Um, if you can remain standing for the reading of God's word, turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, we've got several, several verses to read. So if you need to uh, sit down, you can. Reading, uh, we're going to be reading verses 1. You find here verses 1 through 16, then we're dropping down and reading 23, or excuse me, 22 to 24. Colossians chapter 3, reading verses 1 through 16, then we're going to read verses 22 to 24. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them, but now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on therefore as elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let therefore, excuse me, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And then drop down to verse 22. Servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but with singleness of heart fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Thank you. Be seated. Um, message tonight is about uh, the risen life, something about the risen life. It comes from uh, verse 1, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. So you then be risen with Christ, so if we are saved, if we are saved, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So we are, we're saved to be living like we are saved. We're saved to be living like we are saved. We've made free from the penalty of sin. Because of this, shouldn't we walk as closely to God as we can? We must have a heavenly mindset, a heavenly way of thinking. God, God has secured our eternal salvation, so we should be happy. We should have to be contentment about ourselves. We need to be seeking. The verse says we need to be seeking those things which are above. Seek those things which are above. So we need to be seeking something. Seek those things which are above. You need to not be dwelling on our present state but dwelling on our eternal state. You'd be seeking, seeking Christ. We should strive to model our lives after Christ's example. You want to look at verse 2. First thing we're going to talk about is something to set. We're supposed to be seeking those things which are above. So we have something to seek, seeking those things which are above. Now we're going to see about something to set. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Set our affection on Christ. Set our affection on God. So put our love on Christ. Put our love on God. Put our love on for God, put our love for God above our love for the things we have, above our love for our hobbies, for our interests, for our uh, 
for games, for our phone, above all our love for all these different things we can have a love or affection for, we're supposed to set our affection on things above, not on things of the earth. doesn't mean you can't have a love for, for different things. You can have a love for an interest you have. You have love for all these things, but our affection, our ultimate affection, our ultimate love will be set on God, not on things of the earth. So set our, our love on things above. So trust him. Trust him. 1 John 4.19 says we love him because he first loved us. We can trust him because he first loved us. We can set our affections on him because he first set his affection on us. Unworthily, we were unworthy at the time, but he set his affection on us. His son had to die so we could have eternal life with him, but he set his affection on us in spite of all that. So we can trust him with our love. We can trust him with our affection because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. So set your affection on things above. God will never let you down. Those in your life you may have set your affection on, may have set your love on, could have let you down in your life, could have done things that hurt you, that hurt you deeply in your life, and you set your affections on them. God's not going to hurt you. God's not going to let you down. God's not going to betray your affection to him. You can always trust him. He sent his son to die for us. He loves us. We can trust to set our affections on him. We can give that part of our heart over to God, give our heart over to God, give that love and trust that we're not going to be hurt. You, I mean, a lot of times people are hesitant if they've been hurt sometime in the past to, give, to set their affection on something else. But God, he's not going to let you down. He's not going to hurt you. We can set our affection on God. We can live for him. We can trust him with our problems, trust him with the issues of our life we are facing. The Bible says he has faced similar problems, similar temptations here on earth. Hebrews 2.18 says, For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. He's able to comfort them that are tempted. He's able to provide, the, provide what you need to get through that problem, to get through that situation. He will see you through your problem. He'll never leave you alone. Psalm 94, 14, For the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will you forsake his inheritance. We're Christians, we're his people. He's not going to cast us off, so we can trust him. He'll be there for us for our problems. So we're talking about something to set. We're setting our affections on God, setting our affections on things above. This whole chapter, most of this whole chapter of Colossians 3 is telling, telling, talking to Christians on things we need to do because we are Christians, because if you be, then be risen with Christ, do these things. Set your affection here. Do this, do this, do this, do this. The whole chapter is basically talking to Christians saying, because you are saved, you need to be doing this, or you should be doing this. So first thing we talk about is setting our affections on God. Get your affections off your worldly things. Get your affection, affections on God. Love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. Next thing I want you to notice in verse 5, Colossians 3, verse 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Mortify here in this verse means to slay or to put to death. So something to set, we're setting our affection on things above. Now we have something to slay, something to slay. We need to slay that sin in our life. We need to slay, we need to not be a servant of sin. Slay means put to death. So you have that sin in your life. You need to put it to death. Permanently get it out of your life. Not just try your best to conquer that sin. Try your best to get over that sin. The Bible says mortify therefore. Slay. Slay that sin. Permanently get that sin out of your life. Death is a permanence. So it should be a permanence to the, in getting that sin out of our life. We need to get our mindset off of that sin, off of those worldly desires. And our mindset, set our affections, our mindset on things of God. He will help us with this slaying of these sins. We need to acknowledge we need that help, though. We can't think we can do everything on our own, think we're strong enough to get through that sin on our own, think our willpower, our strength, our, our plans can help us get through that. Acknowledge you need the Lord's help. Say, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. I need your strength. I need your guidance. I need your wisdom. I need the prayers of those loved ones around me. I need your help. Acknowledge you need the Lord's help. It said, seek those things which are above. 
So seek those things which are above, and it'll help you. It'll help you slay those sins in your life. The Bible says here we need to slay the sins of fornication, the sins of wrong affections, the sins of improper desire, sins of lust, the sins of covetousness. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. And I was trying to, when I read this verse and trying to get, uh, prepare for this about slay uh, fornication, I was instantly thought of two examples in the Bible that kind of gives us an example of slaying fornication or fleeing fornication and someone who didn't flee it. My first example is someone who fled fornication, Joseph. And I believe it's Genesis uh, 39 is uh, where the story of Joseph fleeing the sin of fornication. He, he, he knew that what was going on. He knew he needed to get out of there fast. He wouldn't have any part of that sin. And so he literally fled. He ran from that sin. The Bible says, flee fornication. Bible says we're supposed to slay the sin of fornication. 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee it. Joseph gave us a great example of fleeing that sin. He didn't, want to have, he didn't want to stay there one second longer. As soon as he figured out what was going on, he ran out the door and got out of that situation as fast as possible. You notice the Bible doesn't say walk away from fornication, stroll away from fornication. When you have time, get away from fornication. It says flee. There's a sense of urgency there. We're supposed to get out of there as fast as possible to save ourselves. Flee fornication. Stay away from it. Get away from it. Stay away from it. Then the other example I thought of is someone who didn't flee fornication, who kind of did the exact opposite, kind of ran straight headlong into the sin of fornication was David with Bathsheba. He said, I believe it's 1 Samuel chapter 11, is a story of that, where he sought it out. He sought out the fornication. He planned it. He, he, he did everything he could to make it work out so he could commit that sin of fornication. He didn't flee fornication. He kind of ran headlong into it. So we have two great Bible examples there. And I believe they're in the Bible to give us examples for that. So we have Joseph fleeing it, David not fleeing it. Okay, Joseph, he fled fornication. He didn't have a heartache. He didn't have all the worries, all the complicated life after that. He fled it. He didn't have that sin to deal with, repercussions of that sin. David didn't flee that sin. And we know all the repercussions, the heartaches, the, the, the family struggles, the deaths in the family, everything that happened after David ran into that sin. Sin doesn't work out. Flee fornication. The Bible's warning us, flee that sin. Acknowledge that sin. Confess that sin. Get right with the people that are hurt by that sin. Flee that sin. The Lord will help you flee that sin. So the next thing we want to talk about is we have something to stop. Something to stop. Colossians 3 verse 8 says, But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Stop the wrong that you are doing. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He will convict your mind, convict your heart about what you're doing. So something to stop. The Bible lists some specific sins for us to stop. Paul says here for us to put off all these anger, wrath. We need to learn to control our anger. Pray to the Lord about this. He will help you overcome this sin. If you can turn to Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6 and read in verses 27 to 28, excuse me, 27 to 35, excuse me, 27 to 35, Luke chapter 6, read in verses 27 through 35. And the Bible says, But I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, pray for them which despitefully use you, and unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other, and him that taketh away thy cloak, forget him not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as you would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, 
What think have ye? For sinners also do even the same. For ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive. What think have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful to the, and to the evil. I want you to notice verses 27 and 28. But I say unto you, Paul here, excuse me, Paul here is telling us we need to put off wrath, put off anger. And Jesus here in Luke chapter 6 gives us kind of four points on how to deal with our anger, how to deal with our wrath. But I say unto you which do hear, one first thing, love your enemies. Number two, do good to them which hate you. Number three, bless them that curse you. And number four, pray for them which despitefully use you. So Jesus gives us four ways to help us resolve our anger. First one, love your enemies. Following this command of our Lord can be a bit challenging at times. It's not really the natural thing to love somebody that's an enemy of yourself. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of something you have to make yourself do. But love is something you act. Love is action. Love your enemies. It is the right thing to do, but it's a challenging thing to do. We're not to harbor anger. We're not to let that anger turn into bitterness. If we don't love our enemies, if we hate our enemies, that's going to turn into bitterness. That anger is going to linger on. It's going to turn into bitterness. The Lord is giving us these directions, these four these four specific directions here to help us, to help us not live in bitterness, to help us not live a defeated life, but to help us live a victorious life. Love your enemies. Very challenging command. But this whole, these, all four of these points are all pretty challenging. They're all, none of these are natural to do. None of these are what your initial reaction would be to a situation. Someone's wronged you. Someone's done something wrong. You don't initially say, wow, you know, I just love that person so much. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not a natural reaction. You know, you know someone just betrays you, and you don't, you don't call them up and say, I just want to let you know how much I love you. You know, it's not something that's a natural reaction, but the Lord says, love your enemies. Next one, do good to them which hate you. Do good to them which hate you. Also, another commandment from our Lord can be pretty challenging to implement. Our old sin nature is just wanting to get even with those we are angry at. But Jesus tells us to do good to them. We're wanting to get even. Jesus tells us to do good to them. Someone hates us, we want to get even with them. It's just our natural first reaction. We want to get even with them. We're old sin nature. We just want to, oh, they can't do that to me. You know, wait, I've got, I could do this to them, I could do this to them. We start coming up with plans and how we get even with them and what we can do to them. They get even with them. Do good to them, which hates you. Do good to them. Romans 12.20 says, Therefore, Paul talking about doing good to them that hate you. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. So if your enemy has a need, help meet that need. Help meet that need. If he has a need, help meet that need. Do good to them which hate you. Jesus says, do good to them which hate you. Paul says, help meet the needs of those that hate you. Not something we initially would like to do. But in so doing, the Bible says, thou shalt be coals of fire on his head. 
You'll make them think about it. You're helping them out. They've done you wrong. You're helping them out. You're meeting a need. You maybe put a little conviction in their heart, heaping coals of fire upon his head. You make them think about it, think, you know, I realize now, you know, they're, they're, they are a good person. You know, I, I did this wrong to them. I, I betrayed them. I did this. Or, I, you know, I lied about them. Whatever that person did. And here you are. The moment they need help, you're there helping them. You know, you're showing, you're meeting their need. You're showing love to them. You're helping them. You know, that might help bring that person back. That might help bring that person back to the Lord. That could help. You never know what could come of that. We might not even ever know of anything that comes of that. You know, it all could be the Lord working in their heart. You know, but that's something that the Lord tells us to do. Show love to your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. If they have a need, help them out. You just don't know what that's going to do. So the next thing, point number three, bless them which curse you. Bless them which curse you. We are to bless them which curse us. Again, not a natural thing to do. And I can imagine this. If someone's literally cursing you, it's not your natural reaction to say, bless you. It's, it's, it's just not. Someone, you just want to just, you know, yell something not polite back at them. Bless them which curse you. You know, we'll bless you. You know, Lord bless you. You know, I'm praying for you, love you. You know, have anything, you know, I can help you out with, I'll help you out. That's not something we would, you know, do when someone's yelling at us and cursing us and telling us, you know, all these things that they, they wish would happen to us. It's not a natural reaction. But again, the Lord's telling us this is how you need to live. That's your old sin nature that's wanting to react that way. Not, not the new man that's supposed to be in you. Your old sin nature is wanting to react that way. The Lord tells us we need to have control of that old sin nature. That new man's supposed to give us control. So bless them which curse you. Next one. Pray for them which despitefully use you. This is, a, this is a very, very hard one. And I know the answer to this question, but have you ever been used? You don't have to answer out loud, but have you, been, have, someone ever, have you ever been used by someone? I think everybody here could say, yes, we've been used by someone at some point in time. Or at least you felt like you were used. It seemed like they used you for something. After that happened, after you were used, did you pray for that person afterwards? We are told by Christ we are supposed to. We are supposed to be praying for that person that used you. Being used by somebody can be something that's very hurtful. You know, they, they, you, they pretended, basically, to be your friend, pretended to need you, pretended to have best, best thoughts and, and stuff for you, but they used you. In the end, it turned out they were just using you, using that relationship, using that, whatever it was, that situation, they were using you. So you ever been used by somebody? Did you pray for that person? We are told by Christ we are supposed to pray for them. So love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you. Bless them which curse you. Pray for them which use you. Natural reaction wouldn't be to do any of that. Our natural reaction wouldn't be to do any of that. That's what the Lord commands us to do. That's what the Lord tells us to do. And if we do that, we can, we can learn to control our anger. Learn to have a, a, a more loving attitude. Learn to not have bitterness welling up inside of us. Next thing that Paul says here in verse 8, Apostle Paul tells us here to stop our blasphemy. Stop our blasphemy. Stop twisting the Lord's words. Stop using his name in vain. But now you also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. Filthy communication out of your mouth. Put off blasphemy. Exodus 20, verse 7, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless, 
that taketh his name in vain. So another thing that Paul says, something to stop, stop blasphemy. Now this one, I think a prime example I see today, I see it almost on a daily basis, in written form anyway, blasphemy. I see it in emails, I see it in texts, I see it, see it on Facebook, and that's the letters O, M, and G together. That's taking the name of our Lord God in vain. That is blasphemy. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for thou wilt not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Combining the letters O-M and then G together are taking the name of the Lord in vain. The Bible speaks strongly against using his name in vain. There are other examples of this, but that's the one I see all the time. That's taking the name of our Lord God in vain. We need to have the utmost respect for God, the utmost respect for his name. Do not take his name in vain. Another thing mentioned here in verse 8, put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Paul tells us to stop our filthy communication. Stop the lewd comments. Stop, stop the statements that have a double meaning. Someone could, something could be happening, someone could say something, and it has two meanings. That's filthy communication. Stop the dirty jokes. Stop the vile words. Especially, again, this is more of a, a just recent, recently, especially watch for filthy communication in your texts, on your Facebook, any type of electronic communication. Just because you actually don't verbally, out loud, say it, it's still filthy communication if you type it, text it. It's still filthy communication. Even though you might not actually take the name of the Lord our God in vain, you type that O-M and then the G after it, that's taking, that's, or taking the name of our Lord God in vain. Watch our filthy communication. Verse 10, Colossians 3, verse 10. Now we're going to look at something to start. Something to start. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Basically, start acting like a Christian. If you're saved, start acting like a Christian. You're a new creature in Christ. We're given a new nature when we are saved. Start acting like that. Start acting like you have that new nature living inside you. If you're saved, you have that new nature. So it's time to start acting like we have that new nature. Start living and striving for that new nature to be shown through in your life. The new nature has a dominion in your life. And stop giving in to that old nature. So you have something to start. Colossians 3.13 Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even if Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Something to settle. Something to settle. We need to settle any problems, any disputes, any bad situations we have with someone. Do not let things fester. Do not stew on things. Don't let another day go. Get it settled. If you have a quarrel against anyone, forgive them, even as Christ forgave us. Forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Why should we forgive them? Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Don't, do not let the problem get bigger than it really is. If you stew on it, you let it fester, you let it sit there, 
It's just going to get a little bigger. It's going to get a little bigger. It'll probably get a little bigger, a little bit bigger, harder to solve, harder to, harder to rectify, harder to get past. Take care of it right away. Get the things settled that you need to get settled. Try to reconcile as quickly as possible. We need to try to reconcile as quickly as possible with our brethren. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto him, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So something to settle. Verse 15, Colossians 3.15 And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Something to surrender. Surrender our hearts, our wills, our desires to the Lord. Surrender your plans to the Lord. Let Him guide your life. Let God's peace have control over you. Live peaceably with an attitude of love. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law. You need to love God's word. Surrender to the Lord your will, and he will give you a peace in your life and in your emotions. Philippians 4, 7. And a peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Something to surrender. Surrender our hearts. Surrendering our hearts. And also get something to study, Colossians 3.16, the first part of that verse. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. You need to read and study the Bible every day. Without exception, without excuse, you need to read and study it every day. You need to study the Bible, you need to memorize scriptures. I've been trying to memorize scriptures with the teens each week. It's a little bit harder for me to memorize than it used to be. 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show thyself approved unto God. We're to study the scripture. We're to hide God's word in our heart. We need to concentrate and meditate on the Bible. Not just hurriedly read your chapter for today and be done. Psalm 119.15 says, I will meditate in thy precepts. I have respect unto thy ways. Meditate. Meditate in thy precepts. This is something we need to make sure we set aside enough time to study God's word, enough time to meditate, enough time to think on his word. Um, I had to start getting up earlier in the morning because I just felt like I was having to rush through God's word. I didn't want to rush through it. So I start, try to give myself some extra time because some days I would just feel like I'm just starting to dig into it and, oh, man, I've got to start you know, getting ready for work. You know, I've got to get out of here. So I, wanted, I, didn't, I didn't like that having to hurry up and rush and finish. I like having plenty of time to study. So some days I can, we can get, I can get up and read you know, five chapters, three chapters, whatever it is, and I don't feel rushed. I get it, I read it, I get what the Lord wants me to get out of it. Other days, it's a struggle to get one chapter read because I read a two or three verses, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, that's, that's saying this. I never noticed that before. Then there's all oh, there's three or four things in that one verse he's telling us to do or you know, are, are good things for us. So then I think, oh, this other verse I think applies to that. So then I'll flip to another, another chapter and read that verse. And then that verse reminds me of another one. So pretty soon I've got half a chapter done. I'm like, whoa, I've got to start getting ready for work. You know, an hour's passed already. So some days you've got to kind of listen to, I know in the Psalms it says that word seal a lot, think on these things. So you've got to let the, the Holy Spirit kind of 
kind of guide you and direct you as you're reading the Bible. Some days he may just want you to read three or four or five, six chapters, whatever it is, and just get that out of it. Some days you just got to listen for that. Then the Holy Spirit might just be saying, Selah, Selah. You read two or three verses, you might just, the Holy Spirit might say, Selah, think on these things for a while. Meditate right here. You know, camp out here for a few minutes. You know, you don't have to worry about getting those five chapters done today or three chapters, whatever it is. Just, just you know, stay right here. Think about this. Reread this. Get what I want, get what I want you to get out of it. So we all got to be keeping our heads, keep our minds, keep our hearts open and pray before we read. Say, Lord, you know, pause me when you want me to pause. Help me, help me to stay and study that part when you want me to stay and study that part. Listen for the Holy Spirit to say, Selah, think on these things. Think on these things. I know it's... Um, I've tried, I've got the little uh, Bible reading chart, you know, I'm trying to make sure I check off my chapters every day to get my Bible read in a year and, and all that, and some, sometimes I'm ahead, way ahead of pace, and sometimes I get behind because I'll read one chapter and I can't get through that chapter, you know, I'm, I'm just studying that chapter and restudying that chapter and reading those verses and flipping around here and there thinking of cross-references for it. Holy Spirit's saying, Selah, Selah. So be, a, be open, be ready when you're reading your Bible. For that word, for the Holy Spirit, just you, it's not going to be obvious, but you're going to read something and go on like, huh? And I think a couple of verses back, you know, said this, that was interesting. You know, I, I I never saw that before. So pause, Selah, go back and think on those things. It's the Holy Spirit directing you. I'm going to go ahead and uh, get to the conclusion. I had uh, a few more points, but we're going to go ahead and close it out. So in conclusion. If you then be risen with Christ, if we are saved, we should be living like we are saved. We need to set our affection on God, put our trust in him, we can trust him with our affection. We need to be a willing servant to the Lord, we need to get our mindset off our sin, mindset off our worldly affections, and our mindset on God. The Bible lists some specific sins for us to stop doing. The Apostle Paul says, put off all these, put off all these sins. We need to learn to control our anger. Learn to settle any problems we have with someone as soon as possible. Don't let things fester. Don't let things get bigger than they really are. We need to learn to surrender our hearts, our wills, our desires to the Lord. We need to learn to read and study the Bible every day, without exception, without excuse. But we also need to learn when to pause, when to think on these things. When we hear that word sila from the Holy Spirit. We need to learn to stop right there. So we're just going to go ahead and close out here. Just keep in mind that we have set our affections on things above. And keep in mind all the things that the Bible is teaching us here in this chapter. Something to set here, something to do here, something to surrender, something to pause and read. All these things the Bible is teaching us out of this chapter. Because we are Christians, this is what Paul says we need to be doing. Let's go ahead and pray.